1: This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Dan Grasso Show, live and in living color, right here, 98.7 ESPN, 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Taking it right up until noon, then we'll turn things over to Anita. She'll take it right up until Nick's pregame, finally. Yes, I know, it feels like it's been years. <laughs> Bing but the Knicks and the Heat are finally going to get back out on the court and resume their best of seven. A game number three as the scene shifts to South Beach. So we will have that covered for you entirely as per usual when it comes to the Knickerbockers right here on this fine radio station. We got Harvey. We got Joe. They're along for the ride. You can get me on Twitter at Dan Gross GRACA. I wake up this morning and I'm watching. Well, not watching. Watching is a strong word. Watching implies that you're paying attention. I have it on in the background the coronation stuff that's happening overseas right now. And it's just, for the life of me, I mean, obviously it's a little bit different because over here we don't have the same power structure that they do in Great Britain. But it's just, it, it's amazing how people come out for this. And, uh, yeah. Well, no, that's, that's wedding music. And Nobody's getting married today. See, that's, that's not what the coronation's about. You know the difference, right, Harvey? There's a difference between the coronation and a wedding and, and so on and so forth, and even a graduation, too. Although some of the stuff, like I'm watching it now, like on the, the, you know, these big spacious lawns and everybody's marching in. And it looks like one of these like West Point ceremonies that they have up there. It's I don't know. But you know what? I guess this happens once in a lifetime with everything. And, you know, some people really get a kick out of it. They woke up early and it's almost like they're having parties and all these other things. Not for me, not for us. But you know what? It is what it is. Let them have their fun there. Um, We're worrying about more important things like, oh, I don't know. Got a couple of baseball teams that kind of look unimpressive, to be quite honest with you. Yankees' wheels continue to spin as they can't get by the Rays last night. And some interesting things happened in that game between the lines and um, back in the clubhouse, too, with some of the things that were said, which we will touch on a little bit later on. Mets, despite the fact that they beat the Colorado Rockies at City Field last night, you still got to be concerned about how things look for this baseball team, given the fact that, you know, they can only score one run a game, if, if that, right? I think they've scored two runs in the last three games and, you know, had to hold on for dear life to fend off a bad Colorado Rockies team. I mean, boy, somebody needs to wake up both of these baseball teams and let them know the season has started already. And we're about a month in. Because if you blink, your season could be almost over like you have what's happening right now in St. Louis with the Cardinals. You talk about a disaster that they are. And I get that the Cardinals are, like, in it every single year, and they don't have bad seasons, right? But, I mean, this might be the year for the Cardinals where just nothing goes their way. They lose to the Tigers last night, leave the bases loaded in the eighth inning, manager gets thrown out of the game, and they're in dead last, worst record in the National League. I think they're, like, 13 games under 500. and you can almost, you know, throw dirt on that club the way things are spinning out of control for them. But not much different than what's happening with the New Jersey Devils. Another unimpressive performance last night in Carolina. And, you know, we've been down this road before with the Devils, and they've kind of looked the way they've looked the first two games against the Rangers, and they were able to author a turnaround. But I don't know if history is going to repeat itself necessarily. We could talk about that a little bit later on here in the program. But today is a Nick Day, right? Today is a basketball day, finally. Finally, it's been four days since the last time we saw these teams at Madison Square Garden, all the dignitaries in tow, Aaron Rodgers. That's all you need to know. Aaron Rodgers was there. Everybody else just get in line. And look, for about three and a half quarters that night, it was concerning. Three and a half quarters, Heat were in control that game. And every time it looked as if maybe the Knicks were going to take charge and maybe inch out ahead a little bit. Miami always had an answer, right? Strength in numbers, even though Jimmy Butler wasn't playing. Their role players would make big shots, make big plays to continue to give them the edge here. And now you go back down to their place where, look, the Knicks can win. I don't think Miami is unbeatable or untouchable, even though the game is in their building. These are winnable games for the Knicks, but why this game this afternoon is a little bit unique compared to, let's say, games one and game two is that, barring something probably unexpected, and we don't know definitively yet, I mean, we may or may not get word by the time that we say goodbye today at noon, but it looks like both teams are going to be fully healthy, at least in terms of availability for this game. Right? Julius Randle didn't play game one for the Knicks. Jimmy Butler didn't play game two for the Miami Heat. I mean, there's almost been like a week since the last time these teams laced them up. So you figure Butler's going to play. And you know that Randall Brunson, they're going to be out there doing their thing. Nobody's on the injury report for the Knicks. How about that? That was a sight for sore eyes. You look at the Knicks injury report, no names, nothing. Wow. You know, it's like we're getting greedy here. May basketball, playoff basketball, and the Knicks are a relatively healthy bunch. Now, we know that they're hurting a little bit. They're not 100%. They're playing through some stuff, but you know what? That's what you got to do this time of year. You know, that's what it takes if you want to compete for a championship. And look, Jimmy Butler's not 100%, even if he does suit up today, which, again, we expect him to. But these are the sacrifices you got to make. And if your stars aren't necessarily in tip-top form, the other guys have to step up and make plays. And, you know, in the first round, clearly, the Knicks had that edge over the Cleveland Cavaliers. And on paper, you would think that they would have the edge on this Miami team as well. But give this group credit, man. They're a scrappy bunch. This is a playoff-tested team. You know, some of these guys on this Heat squad, they've won championship before, championships before in other uniforms. You know, the Kyle Lowry's, the Kevin Love's, guys like that. But this team has made deep playoff runs. You know, two out of the last three years, they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, minimum. And they're a couple of wins away from getting back there again here. So this is not going to be an easy task. And I think today's an important game for them because if you want to get greedy and you want to get both of them down in Miami to really put yourself in prime position, be my guest. You know, who's going to object to that? But realistically, and this is how you have to look at it, I think, just make sure you get one. And then take back that home court advantage, which Miami stole from you back in the series opener. And that's why today would be the ideal opportunity to get it done. Because if you get today and you go up 2-1, then you go into Monday night's game a little bit with house money. Just a little bit. Yeah, you want to win the game and and you can't rest on your laurels. But if you don't get it, you say, all right, fine. We're back in control of this series. It's a two out of three, and we got our home court back. And you know how electric that building can be. You know, he can also win there, too. They proved that in game number one. But Randall wasn't playing. Knicks weren't whole. But you hope that they learn from some of these mistakes, even though you have only two games under your belt in this series. I think that game two serves as a lesson for them. For that first three and a half quarters where you got to that seven-minute mark there in quarter number four when you were down by six and nothing was going your way, but it showed you that things could still turn. And maybe the most unlikely players are going to be the ones that make the plays that ultimately help you turn a game around and help you win a basketball game. Right? Isaiah Hartenstein, if you had him on your bingo card, he was instrumental in them winning that second game and for the contributions that he made off the bench. Rebounding, loose balls, defense, whatever it takes, he did. He's not going to score a lot of points for you. That's not what his job is. His job is to do the dirty work and to do the little things, and that's what he did, and that's why the Knicks won a basketball game. And when I look at this one this afternoon, and really probably for the balance of this series, there's another guy part of that second unit that I think is probably one of the most critical components of how the rest of the series is going to play itself out, and that's our buddy IQ. IQ's got to get going here, man. Where is the guy who was the runner-up to, you know, sixth man of the year once upon a time in the regular season? Where is that guy? Can we go back to the regular season and grab that Emmanuel quickly, put him in the time machine, and transform him back to now and let him know it's the playoffs and let him know, hey, man, Now's the time. We need some of that scoring punch. We need that, you know, 12 to 15 points a game. It would come in handy, like, right about now. I mean, this guy now, somebody's got to snap him out of it. So much so, the Tibbs only put him out there for nine minutes the other night. (laughs) This is a guy that, you know, for a lot of the season, he was part of the closing group. Finishing out games. King, whatever late-game rally the Knicks were going to orchestrate. Think about how much easier things would be for them for the rest of this series if Emmanuel quickly is out there doing his thing. Boy, wouldn't that be fun? I know we can't get spoiled too much, but I don't think it's also asking a lot either. And, you know, when you have this much of a layoff, I mean, you probably have to ask the players themselves. They'll probably welcome the rest. But this much layoff in between games, I mean, does that do anybody good? I would think that you get out of your rhythm a little bit. I mean, four days. Plus, you're switching scenes. You're going to a new gym that maybe, you know, you're not as accustomed to playing in, at least if you're the visitors in the Knicks in this case. So I'm really interested to see how they come out of the gates this afternoon. I mean, it's going to be a lot of Knicks fans in that building. That's the good part about this. Like, if you have to go on the road in the playoffs, right, especially in the second round, there are worse places to be if you're the Knickerbockers because a lot of that building might feel like Madison Square Garden South, especially if the Knicks get on a roll. And if they start draining some shots and get on a nice little spurt, you know what? It's going to feel like home away from home, which is not necessarily a bad thing, especially this time of year. So we're all pumped up for this game today. We'll talk plenty of it. And we want to hear from you at 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Our good buddy Alan Hahn, who's going to be part of the MSG pre and post game. And, of course, you hear him every day here on 9870 SPN, along with Bart from noon to 3. He will join us coming up at 930. Break down this game and this series a little bit further. lot on the table. Even sprinkling some football before all is said and done. A little bit later in the morning. Dan Gross' show. It is a Saturday. Hey, and you know what? The sun is out. I couldn't believe it when I woke up this morning. I couldn't believe it. My eyes were like blinded. I said, what the hell is that big, bright, shiny thing in the sky? And then I looked it up. They said, it's the sun. I haven't seen it in a week. Amazing. And it's supposed to actually like stay out all day. Oh, we're getting greedy. Maybe that's a sign as good things to come today. I don't know. You tell me. Grasso Show, we come back right here on a Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN. Hun. this is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. Go to shopify.com network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com network.
1: 800-919-3776 is the telephone number. Also want to wish happy anniversary to mom and dad. Big anniversary day for them. So uh, shout out to those folks. See them a little bit later on today. Uh, it's always a good thing, right? Uh, but we got Knicks basketball this afternoon, finally. A game number three. Alan Hahn's going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes to help break it down before he begins his daily routine, getting set to do the MSG pre and post stuff over on the TV side. But Saturday morning, we got to hear from you. And let's start off with our good buddy. He is in the Bronx, and his name is Marv. He is up first on 9870 ESPN. Marv, good morning, my friend. How the hell are you? Good
2: morning, Dan. Dan, I got to be careful. You got to give me a little, a, few, a little time with this. Dave was listening to us, and he says, you and I are becoming a little bit too cozy. He's beginning to hate a little bit. But you I, told, I told Dave,
1: him he's stole my cop. Dave, Dave is getting very thin-skinned. You know, Dave's got, Dave's got, like, you know, issues where he thinks that, you know, maybe, like, we're stepping in on the relationship that you guys have here a little bit. Dave, Dave's got to chill out, though. And I'll be the first one to tell him. I'm, I'm going to shoot him a text right now, whether he's up or not. I'm going to say, Dave, you know what? Back off. Back off. We can, you I, and I could be friends. But, you and him could be friends. I don't think he has to feel threatened in any way.
2: Not at all, but yo, know, I love I love both of y'all. And Dave, I started out with that. But first of all, I'd like to dedicate <laughs> this phone call to Willie Mays, who's ninety three years old
1: today. Oh. Say hey, kid. Say,
2: say hey, kid. kid. But I want to say this: I, I predicted it would go seven, and it is going to go seven. They'll win today. They'll probably lose Monday. But the thing is, the, 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 the exciting factor will be that Garden crowd because I'm looking forward to a seventh game. And uh, I won't use any big words today, Dan, because you got on me last week. But I'm looking forward to a big game, uh, seventh game with the crowd and the enthusiasm and people surrounding the guard. And they'll win this series and go on. It blows my mind that they're going to reach Eastern Conference Finals. And uh, afterwards, being in the desert for so long, it's just an amazing feeling.
1: Look, worry about this one today, Marvin. I thank you for the call as always, buddy. Enjoy the game. This is not going to be easy. It is not going to be easy, and I think that that was evidence, what we saw as, as, as early as game number one. And, you know, I'm not even going to look that far ahead until game number seven and the fact that it's at home because, you know what, Miami's already proven to you that they could come in here and win a game number seven if, if, if push comes to shove. And if you look at this thing, you know, as objectively as possible, I think deep down, even as a fan, you have to acknowledge the fact that Miami can do that. So... I don't even know if you want to even let it get to that point. You know, take care of your business today, and then we'll reevaluate getting ready for Monday night. Just make sure you get the upper hand again, and that goes with playing a good basketball game this afternoon. Spike is in St. Pete. He's up next here on 98.7. Spike, good morning. How are you? Well, I'm as good as I was when I
3: talked to you last night, just a little closer to post time. One thing with Dave. Uh, this is radio stick. I stick, as they say. You know, that's Dave. He, you know, he's just I, guys. I, I just mean, uh, obviously. Different. Obviously.
1: Yeah. Uh, and yeah. There's yeah. no, no issues,
3: You guys, it's, 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 we're all one big family. We all want the Knicks to win today. And um, I have people over doing some work, and they go, what's the story? Miami that good? I said, look, I told you last night you get different listeners on Saturday mornings. And uh, if Butler, the referees, I just looked. It's, um, I think, Corbin. You know, he's okay, but uh, crew chief, they're going to put him on the line 15, 16. Now, have you seen those box scores? You know, Jimmy Butler, 31, 15, or 17 from the line. If that's going to come out, but look, damn, it's the same thing. Miami, I told you last night, they don't shoot the three that well. They just don't. So let them shoot it, and don't give them the drive to the bucket where you'll get the favorable whistle. And what we discussed about last night, we quickly, I don't, think the, the, the young players, OB and Quickly if they contribute, it's all gravy now. You've got to go with the main core of players. Have them play up to their standards. Don't turn the ball over. Continue to out-rebound every team you play. And if you shoot the 34, 35, 36 percent, not the 22, they were coming in shooting 28 percent. Allen will tell you when he gets on. And if he's listening to this, Allen's going to say one thing that he said for years. You need shots. Makers, not shot takers, and we really don't have that dead eye three and D guy on the wing. That's what we need. I'm sure you'll agree.
1: Of course, and they 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 think that Grimes, or they hope that Grimes could be that guy. And, and Spike, thanks he for can. the phone call down the he road, but he can't be it right now, right? I mean, look, I, I I'm gonna keep saying this until I'm blue in the face. I want Grimes back in the starting lineup because I think Josh Hart is more valuable off the bench. But here's the thing about that: you could talk about young players and maybe the scene being a little bit too big for them. To me, I I don't buy that. You're in the second round of the playoffs. These guys aren't rookies, right? These aren't first-year players. And even if you are a first-year player, by the time you get to the playoffs, like you hear this all the time in in other sports, especially like football. You know, you talk about rookies. Once you get to December, coach says you're not a rookie anymore. You've already played almost a full season. Now you're expected to go out there and perform like any veteran would when your team needs you the most. I mean, look, go back to game one, and, and this is what concerns me. We're assuming that Randall's going to be able to go out there and have a game that at least resembles what he did in game number two. But what happens if he reverts back to Julius Randle the majority of this postseason when he had problems making shots and he wasn't really contributing much because you, you, you could see that he was still hampered by that ankle? What if that happens, number one? What if R.J. Barrett, Despite the fact that he's played real well the last few games, what if he pulls a disappearing act again, which he's prone to do? What if Jalen Brunson has an off game like he had in game number one? Well, I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that if any of those things happen, you still can't win a game. But that's why you need the other guys to step up. And that's why I can't buy into, well, you know what, the situation's too big for them. They're not experienced enough nonsense. Miami doesn't win game one without the contributions of guys like Kevin Love and Kyle, Kyle Lowry coming off the bench. Coming off the bench, he was, that was probably the best game I've seen Kyle Lowry play in years, since he was back in Toronto. And I don't care that he's an experienced player and he's got a championship ring and all those things. It doesn't matter. You're on the team. You got a uniform. You're expected to do your part. It is a team. It's not a one-on-one game. And that's why if guys like Emmanuel quickly have struggled so far in the playoffs, forget it. Go out there today and do what your team needs you to do to help win a game. Grimes has been scuffling here offensively so far, and the playoffs really hasn't gotten much going. You know what? Shake it off. Go make some shots. I'm not asking you to go out there and score 35, but would it kill you to score double digits? Knock down a couple of big threes if your team needs it, which you know could help change the complexion of a game? playoffs especially this time of year you make a couple of threes for example that those are huge momentum swings given what time of the game you're in say so had to jose in brooklyn he's up next year on 98 70 espn what's up jose Hey, good morning, Mr.
4: Graza. Thank you for uh, creating a great segue. And uh, and just to let you know, you know, Dan could be jealous. Uh, Dave could be jealous all he wants. You know, he he kind of left us on Saturday, and you kind of filled that void in for us. So don't you know? Don't feel too, too, too
1: bad. Right, um, you know, I'm doing my part, Jose. I'm doing my part. Say, well, we'll have to have a conversation with Dave. That's what we're gonna. We we'll have to set him straight. That's what we'll do.
4: Uh, so just to get to my next point and I think and I do thank you for um bringing this up because I do I am one of those that I feel like uh Quentin Grimes and the quick Leagues and all the other younger nicks that we've kind of um that I've kind of believed very highly in you do need to step up in this playoff series. I'm not asking for them to give me twenty points, but can you give me Twelve points where you know Quinn Grimes is hitting a couple of threes and you know get, uh, and helps us you know be the difference. I, I don't think I don't think that that's too much to ask for. And I know he's in he's coming off of an injury, but I I, I need we need him to be that three and D guy, and that because that's what we were counting on throughout the season.
1: I agree. I mean, a thousand, and, and you know what? There was a good portion of the season where you saw that from Quentin Grimes, and especially look—the guy that we saw down the stretch when he had that offensive outburst. You know, when he had those handful of games when he was scoring twenty-plus points. Like, I, I don't know if that's. Well, I, I I forget. I don't know. I know for a fact that that's not the real player at least right now. Maybe he can graduate to that someday, but that's not where he is right now. I think that was more a little bit of a fluky type of a run, especially late in the season. You're playing teams that are out of it, and, mm-hmm. you know, you're just trying to get ready for the playoffs and that type of thing. But if he's good enough to go out there and play, and I know Tibbs is trying to protect him a little bit, that's why he's got him coming off the bench. as he's still working through the shoulder thing? Contribute. Make plays. You're in uniform. Go out there and do your thing.
4: Exactly. Have a good one, then.
1: Jose, you be good. Enjoy the game this afternoon. 800-919-3776. We'll dive a little bit deeper into the game this afternoon here. Our good buddy Alan Hahn is going to join us coming up next. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN.
5: This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN.
0: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are the New
1: York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. We are the New York Knicks. the show on this Saturday morning, 98.7 ESPN, 800 919 And, of course, you're going to hear every bounce of the ball for Game 3 of the Knicks and the Miami Heat beginning today at 3 p.m. Right here on the radio side and the TV side on MSG. Well, our next guest is going to be part of the festivities pre- and post-game. You hear him every day right on this channel from noon to 3 with some guy named Bart. He is our good buddy, Alan Hahn. Hey, thanks for getting up early, buddy. How are you? What's going on, man? How are you, Dad? I'm fantastic. I mean, um, has the Aaron Rodgers euphoria subsided for you in any way?
6: No, I'm wondering if he's going to be in South Beach, you know, for uh, for the game, you know, <laughs> since he's he's been jet-setting. I actually think he's going to be at the Kentucky Derby, but it's, uh, it's, it's, come on, man, like, it's been fun, hasn't it? You know, you got all these teams in the playoffs locally, and you got him bouncing around, grabbing, you know, Jets teammates with him, chaperoning, Met Gala, you had stars all over the city for, you know, what a, what a week it's been. You know, it's been, we've been talking about a New York sports renaissance for a long time, and. You know, maybe uh, maybe we finally have something going here after many years of no championships and a lot of misery.
1: Point well taken. I agree with you. You're preaching to the choir, you know, and and boy, when football season rolls around here in a few months, it's going to be even more special, but let's not rush it. You know, we got enough good things happening right now here as far as even this basketball team, and it's been a long time coming, of course, here. Let me ask you, you know, we got two games, and now we've had that long layoff between games two and three, but... Knicks weren't whole in game one. Heat weren't whole in game number two. Do you think these teams are still kind of maybe trying to figure each other out, even though it's just two games?
6: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's the figuring out part. I think they both know each other pretty well. Both coaches, I mean, these are two master class coaches. I think it's a matter of the rest of us need to figure out what are we looking at because of what you just said. Not enough was made of the fact that game one, Julius Randle and his 25, 10, and 8, and 4 were missing. That's a big piece of your offense missing for a team that really you know had a lot of struggles in that game offensively, mainly from the three-point line. And then game two, they were missing Jimmy Butler. And so then you can obviously make that argument that they weren't whole in that game. So how much can you take from the Knicks having to pull out a win in that game? The one thing I think we learned in the first two games was that the Miami Heat were coming for a street fight, and the Knicks had to be ready for it. I'm not sure some players on the team are ready for it or were ready for it. By the fourth quarter, the players that were on the floor understood that this is a fight. you've You've got to respect your opponent for not the name on the back of the jersey, but for how hard they're going to play. And so once they got to that level, and you can credit Isaiah Hartenstein, Josh Hart, the Hart Foundation, whatever you want to call them, once those guys really started to kick it up a notch, you saw everybody else sort of understand, oh, okay, this is how hard you got to play playoff basketball because this is a playoff tested team. Let's remember, they got to the conference final last year. So I think if we learned anything so far, maybe the Knicks learned there's another gear that you got to get to that the Cavs didn't make you get to.
1: Night and day. I mean, night and day from this Heat team to what Cleveland was. Cleveland wasn't ready for prime time yet. I think we figured that out in the Heat, yeah. a totally different story. And I'm glad you said that because, look, I, I, I know that there's some folks out there that looked at Game 2 and said, well – Jimmy Butler didn't play for Miami, and the Knicks had to come from behind late in the fourth quarter to steal that game. Like, it wasn't impressive because they didn't blow them out. I look at it in the other vein. I mean, the fact that they were trailing, maybe they got a little bit of a wake-up call and the fact that, all right, like you said, we're in for a street fight here. And the fact that they were still able to pull out that game, I think, could only serve them well moving forward in this series, no? Yes, of course. Again, like I said, learning that gear, understanding what level you got to get to.
6: Look at this roster of the players who are playing. Because obviously, Derrick Rose has plenty of, of playoff experience. Evan Fournier has played in the playoffs as well. But with the guys that he's playing, aside from Jalen Brunson, give me a guy that has actually done something in the postseason. And Julius Randle's last experience in the postseason was a miserable one. Right. Everybody else is still kind of new. You know, like like they, you got to look at it that way. It's, it's pretty new. So for them, it's that you know, okay, the playoffs are a different animal. You play the Cavs, you understand, okay, we can we can take it up a little more of a nut than they can. We can play a little harder than they can, and we can beat them. And, it you know, it was almost too easy. I mean, five games, relatively, relatively easy series for them. Then you come into a team like this, coached by a guy like that, with a style that they play, and the fact that they have some experience. There's some guys in this roster that have been to a final, yes, in the bubble, but they've been to a conference finals as well and pushed the Celtics. And you look at the roster and say, how? With this group, how? Well, how is because they fight. They reach in, they punch, they jab. They'll they'll hit you three times because they know only one's going to be a foul. Like, it's just that's old-school mentality. They are going to test you physically and mentally. I can't make this point enough to all the CYO coaches out there listening on radio that love to call in and talk about adjustments. Ain't no adjustment to that. It's an attitude adjustment, Dan. That's what it is. And once you get to that level... Then the talent part, then the depth part starts to show. But until you've got everybody understanding that a loose ball doesn't mean you watch it. A loose ball means dive. Mm-hmm. That a rebound that you might not be able to grab doesn't mean you just let the guy get it. It means punch the ball, and maybe you'll knock it out of his hand so he can't get it either, and it goes out of bounds. It's all the little things that matter. It's all about stepping in and taking charge. It's about seeing three bodies in the paint and knowing, I'm going to get hit. But I ain't making this floater because I'm off balance, so I need to take one more dribble and take that hit because I can get a foul, at least on this play. Those are the things and decisions that have to be made by players in the moment to understand what playoff basketball is about you're trying to beat the Miami Heat.
1: No doubt about it. Talking about Alan Hahn right here on 9870 ESPN. That's why Hartenstein was so critical. I mean, if you don't watch the game, you see the box score, he scores three points. You're thinking, oh, he didn't factor in that much. No, he was as important as any player that was in a uniform in game number two. But you're right. I mean, Mm -hmm. look, game number one. Kyle Lowry, think of how instrumental he was for Miami off the bench. Some of those outlet passes that Kevin Love was making, those are two guys who've got championship rings, not in the Heat uniform, but those are the type of guys you're alluding to that this time of year you need in big situations. And Miami's got those guys, and that's part of that culture and philosophy. Knicks are still developing that brand, and that's why, you know what, it's going to take a little bit extra this series. And, you know, now that the scene goes down to Miami, you know, you hope you can carry it forward. Let me ask you this. IQ. Is there a chance they could get regular season IQ back for the remainder of these playoffs as however long they're going to be?
6: They're going to need to. I mean, this guy's a six-man-of-the-year finalist, and he's been the ninth man on this team. You know, he is, He had one hit game five. He played well. But when you look at what he's doing in the playoffs, he's not. his percentages are awful. But he's not making shots. His defense at times in the Cavs series was very good. But he has been absent in this series and you know again it starts to ask the question. These are the coming of age kind of moments for guys. You know, Mitchell Robinson in game through the Cavs series, I thought played soft. He was called out for. It. Ever since then he has not played soft. He had to understand that too. I think Emmanuel Quickly is a guy that in that locker room, when you think about it, is the one guy everybody must be looking at saying, What are you showing up to the party? Yeah. Because everybody else has kind of done something. I mean, even oh. Oppon against the Heat has had, you know, he's had his moments as well. In, in game one, I thought he played really well. Now, eleven three is a lot for him to take. It doesn't matter. He gave you 18-8, which you don't expect that I will be topping. Everybody has given you something. I'm waiting for Emmanuel quickly to give the Knicks something and show me that he's ready to come of age because this is a different animal. This is a coming-of-age series for a lot of these Knicks draft picks. where all this roster, has been part of success. But, yeah, that's a guy I think we're looking at for the rest of this series to see if he's ready to get in the alley and to brawl with a team that's going to make you brawl to get out of it.
1: And you know what's interesting? You say you're waiting, we're all waiting, but Tom Thibodeau's not going to wait, and that's why IQ only played nine minutes the other night. Like, if he ain't doing his part, he's not going to leave him out there. You know what I'm saying? Because this is put-up-or-shut-up time. So I I, I agree with you 100%. Mm -hmm. Butler we expect to play today. Now, he's not going to be 100%, right? But he does have a few extra days mm-hmm. now to rest this ankle before the game this afternoon. Do you think they make the same mistake that maybe they were guilty of in game number one after he suffered that injury when they didn't maybe attack him necessarily down on the defensive end of the floor? Do you think they try to maybe exploit that matchup knowing you've got a compromised player because he's playing with one bad wheel?
6: You definitely want to test him early. You want to see what he's got, right? But what you don't want to do also is get out of what you're doing, you know, go out of your way, because that feeds into what they want. If you don't think for a minute that Eric Spolstra has watched Jimmy Butler move and has told himself, all right, they're going to try to find him. But, you know, he knows Tom Thibodeau. He knows what he's dealing with on the other side. So they're going to have counters. They're going to have ways around it. They're going to think of things that they can do. There's no question in, in my mind. I'm not as concerned about attack Jimmy Butler on defense as I am about will Jimmy Butler be able to be, able to be playoff Jimmy with a bum wheel? You know, the, the performances we've seen out of him, otherworldly kind of performances, especially in, in the Bucs series, the guy had adrenaline like you wouldn't believe. It was off the charts. If you could bottle it, he'd sell it for millions of dollars. Like just whatever happens to him where all of a sudden – he is just it's like nitrous oxide flowing through his veins, and he's at another speed, another level, and he's making shots. But when he's got a bum wheel, is his shot off? Is he off balance? Can he explode to the basket and draw fouls the way he usually can when he's strong and 100%? That's all the stuff that we've got to see. That's what I want to see. Do you need to focus so much on him, or can we stay at home because Jimmy Butler doesn't have
1: the burst that he normally has It's what makes him so difficult to guard one-on-one. Do you think there's going to be any sort of carryover potentially? You know, R.J. was great in the first half. Maybe Knicks aren't even in position to come from behind if they don't get R.J. Barrett's contributions offensively in the first half of that game because the second quarter they went dry, the majority of the team, when it came to scoring. But he wasn't on the floor at the end of the game, and I know he said all the right things afterwards, but for a young player still who – you know, at times battles inconsistency a little bit. Do you think that that maybe plays in his head at all when he steps out there on the floor and he lets it affect his game for no. coming game three? No? Yeah, no, damn.
6: First of all, this has happened a lot this season for him. Like, so he's, it's not like this was the first time, so he's shocked by it. There's been, there's been several games. But on this, this stage, year where he's you know not what I mean? In the, in the finishing five. Yeah. So I get it, but I think at this point, if you're thinking that way, then you're pulling the wrong way, you know? Like, Come on now. Like, if you're thinking that way, then you're going the wrong way. So, you're trying to win something collectively. And I love the way he has started games, which I think is – you you said it, and I'm with you – it's extremely valuable that in the first quarter of a playoff game, somebody's got it going, that somebody's aggressive, that someone is getting to the basket, getting points, getting buckets, hitting threes, getting the team in rhythm. That's still important. It might not be finishing plays, but that stuff gets you started, and that stuff matters as well. So if he continues to do that, there's a value to it. Now, there are going to be times if the Knicks you know, need offense, he's going to be on the floor instead of someone else. But in the case of game two, you needed to close out a win, you had gotten a lead, and you needed your best defensive five on the floor. He knows in his heart of hearts. He's not among the best defensive five on the floor. They need guys who can close out and get around screens. That's why he played the five he played. If he's got it in his head that he's messed up about that, then he's in the wrong place from the start. And I haven't seen him at the start of a game be in the wrong place. So, again, we'll see. Game by game. Let's think about Tibbs. Tibbs changes it up game by game. Mm -hmm. He just goes with, all right, this is the group that's working. This group is the better fit in this series, matchups, all that stuff. Like, do you think Mitchell Robinson had a problem? He didn't have a problem. Isaiah Hartenstein was making plays, man. Like, you know, Mitchell Robinson dominated the Cavs series, but this is a series where I think they're going to need both of these guys, and they might need more Hartenstein because of his ability to pass the ball in the middle of the zone. So you might see more Hartenstein in this series than you see Mitch. And that's all right. It has to be all right because once you get to this part of the season, it's about the team winning and not individual stuff.
1: We'll see if they can keep it going with them. You know that there's going to be a lot of Nick representation down there, a little MSG South action, which is always a good thing. Thanks for a couple of minutes, my friend. Dan,
6: Dan, 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 don't downplay that now. No. a 3 o'clock game on a Saturday in Miami? Oh, no, no, no. The crowd thing is something I'm watching closely today because that could also – there's no
1: home court advantage today for the Heat, Mm -hmm. and if that's the case, that's a big story out of this game. We'll see what happens. Oh, they're fraud fans. You know that. I mean, when, when Ray Allen hit that corner three in the NBA Finals, half of them were in the parking lot for loud. They were all right? outside. They were, they were looking through the glass windows trying to get back in after they found out what just happened. <laughs> there are a bunch of phonies down there. You Come on, it. you know that. All right, buddy, have a good game today. We'll talk later, right?
6: My man, you got it.
1: Be good. There's Allen Hahn. 98.7 ESPN and MSG. He's uh, on today with the rest of the folks over on the TV side for pregame at 3 o'clock. And you can hear him every day at noon with Bart right here on 98.7. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Grasa till noon on a busy Saturday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasse Show on 98.7
2: ESPN. <laughs>
1: Knicks game number three this afternoon against the Miami Heat. Our coverage begins at 3 o'clock right here on 987 ESPN. Then a little bit later on tonight, you're going to get a game number three between the Warriors and the Lakers with that series tied at one apiece. Let's see if Anthony Davis shows up for this one as the scene shifts back to los angeles hey as ad goes the lakers go let's face it i mean that's kind of how it's played itself out here let's say hi to danny in long island he is up next here on 98 7 danny good morning how are you
7: oh what a beautiful morning Final we have here on long island
1: finally younger, it only took uh, uh, younger over members a week to
7: the community you know follow the master three o'clock nick game seven o'clock in the morning i'm up with the wife i'm doing laundry i went out for bagels I cooked breakfast. Now I'm doing all the gardening. Didn't mention a word about the nick game. Around three o'clock, after she watches me work my butt off for four or five hours, I'll just magically collapse and I got to rest. I got to lay down for a while. Just as the, just as the first tip off comes. So that guys, sounds like a plan you, to me. You got to review the schedule. You got you to act accordingly. You can't just uh, you know. You got to earn that, that couch time. So listen, about a week ago, I believe a guy called up your show. Mm -hmm. And he said that if Curry didn't produce big in game seven, it was going to diminish his legacy and he should be held accountable. I believe you laughed that off. And I like that caller to to call up today because not only did Steph drop a 50 spot on game seven, but if you watch his performance the other day when they double teamed him and he had about 11 assists before halftime, some of them spectacular. That was probably one of my top 10 stupid phone calls. Of the year. I mean, I mean, come on. That was well. There's certain there,
1: there's certain guys. Anything short of maybe committing a murder, that I think their legacy is pretty well intact. And I think that Steph Curry is one of those guys.
7: Exactly. But the funny thing is, is that he also is not an army unlo- to all by himself, and so other people have to contribute. He doesn't need many more other people to contribute. But with the Knicks, you do need everyone to contribute. And you do mention Hartenstein and all these guys. And when you need everybody to contribute every game is just hanging on every rebound going in the right direction and that's why the game the series is probably going seven because neither one of these two teams has the arsenal that some of these other teams have that when everything goes right they're going to score 125 points and, and, and blow you out of the park So I'm looking forward to another bl- uh, bloodbath down in the trenches again tonight and when it, and that's when that happens and it comes down to which direction one rebound goes and who gets it then any, anything anything can happen.
1: Dan, I don't disagree. Get that work done and enjoy the couch at 3 o'clock, my friend. Appreciate the phone call as always. Look, they're going to need as many contributions as possible. And look, you know what the beauty of the playoffs is? Well, beauty and the curse, depending on what side of the ledger you're on. It could be a different guy each game. You never know. Like I said, the Isaiah Hartenstein factor. You know, going into game number two, when we outlined all the guys that are going to have to be critical, what did we say before game number two? Right. Well, Randall's going to play because he didn't play game one. He's going to have to do his thing. Brunson had a bad game one by his own admission. He's going to have to turn it around and be a big player for you in game number two. You're going to have to get the quality contribution that Josh Hart gives you in all facets of the game, both ends of the floor. On and on and on. Knicks are going to have to shoot the three-point shot a hell of a lot better than they did in game one when they were, what, like 7 of 40? Whatever. Did any of us say that Isaiah Hartenstein's going to have to be a beast off the bench and track down loose balls and be aggressive and do the dirty work? None of us did. But the Knicks don't win that game without him. Right? They don't win the game without him. And today it could be somebody else. Like, you know, what if it's Quentin Grimes today? He finally finds a shooting touch here in these playoffs a little bit. Like I said a little while ago, what if he makes a couple of big threes that could change the complexion of a game? Right? You never know. Franny in Massapequa was up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Fran, good morning, my friend. How are you? What's up, baby? How you doing, Fran? Doing good, bud. What's going on?
5: Good. Good to talk to you, man. Uh, good luck taking over. I haven't. I'm a little depressed, you know, since my man left. But you, uh, you, you definitely, you know, you, you, you're very, very good. So I'm
1: not going anywhere, buddy.
5: I appreciate. Yeah, you I just got to get used to. You know, I got to get used to the change. That's all. When you, you know, it's understand. like
1: it's like a new pair of underwear. But you know, like I said, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> on at night during the week. It's all good. I would say a girlfriend, but, you know, all right, new pair on the way. I can go with that. <laughs> well, right. let's put it this way. I hope you're changing your underwear a lot more frequently than the girlfriend. You know what I mean?
5: I got a pair for every day of the week. No doubt there about you that. You got to go. keep fresh, anyway, You got to Get off of that. <laughs> well, now, speaking of the Knicks, I'm a diehard Knicks fan, but the bottom line is reality is reality. We're miles ahead of where we were. You know, three, mm-hmm. four years ago, this was a disaster. ready to blow it up. They've come a long way. We got some draft picks that are scoring – and had how many? 18? You know what I mean? We got guys that are headed in the right direction. We, we, we're we right there. We The I, way I look at it is we need the top of the wedding cake now. We got all the tiers there. We just don't have the top of the wedding cake. And that's what we got. And listen, that first game scared me a lot. It showed me that experience is huge. Now, listen, Larry's on one leg. But do you see experience? He popped a couple of three swishes. Like it was nothing, and that's all you got to do when it's three minutes to go in a game, and that's what you know. And that first game, I didn't like it. And just and Brunson's uh, is my hero. The guy's unbelievable. Wouldn't be but I think him. we. He's just what a steal. And I hate, I hate, I hate, I hate Dallas. So to to have that owner watch this kid do great like he is, and they didn't want him. They cheaped them, you know. They, and then they, they, trying they to
1: point think... the finger and blame everybody under the sun as to why he went to the Knicks, including his right. own father, which I thought was kind of weak by Cuban. Fran, Fran you're spot on. You're spot on. Exactly. And here's the bottom line. You're, you're right. And, and, Fran, thanks for the call. I've got to hit a break. Yep. I'll talk to you soon. Here's the thing, though. The Knicks aren't there yet. The Knicks aren't winning a championship this season. But as Fran just said, they are light years better than where they were just a few years ago. And I think if anybody who's a fan of this team, they would sign up for that in a heartbeat. A couple of minutes ago, just scrolling through like Twitter, for example, I saw the name that popped up, and it was a name that I had not thought of, I'm serious, in, in years. And that's Damian Dotson. Remember the days of yesteryear when you were just searching for any sort of optimism as a fan and you were hoping that guys like Damian Dotson would turn into something for you? Remember that? Like, that is what you, like, attached all your hopes and dreams to, the Emmanuel Moutiers of the world, the Dennis Smith Juniors, guys like that. We're past that point. You know, now we're a playoff-caliber team, and now the task is how do you take that even a step further and become more of a title contender in this Eastern Conference? Well, it's funny I say that because when I come back, I'm going to throw something else at you, which is a rumor that's now starting to make the rounds in the NBA. We'll get into that, plus a lot of other stuff on the docket, including a mixed night in baseball for the two locals. Deagrassa Show, we're rolling until noon on this Saturday, 98.70 SPN.